Talk and Pray for Life and Business, faith-based personal development courses and coaching, tapping into our best life. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Cassida for Talk and Pray, and it took me a while to settle into myself. Do you know the feeling? Capable, ambitious, but wanting more? More impact, more success, more satisfaction? Me too. I've been a mompreneur and now maturepreneur. How do you like that term? (laughs) And I have a lifetime of experience, work, family, love, and loss that combined with the truth of scripture have taught me valuable lessons. I have a passion to share that wisdom with women of faith who want more. Welcome to Talk and Pray for Life and Business. Industry, industrious, industrial strength. When you hear the word industry, you might think manufacturing or enterprises that are related like the cosmetics industry or the recording industry or the film industry. You might also think of the captains of industry, business tycoons and philanthropists like Andrew Carnegie, John D. Rockefeller, Henry Ford, and Mary Kay Ash. We might think ordinary people, like you and me, wouldn't be in a list of such distinguished business people, at least not yet, who among us has amassed the wealth and influence of those magnates. And yet, I believe we can all be captains of industry in our own way. I talked in last week's episode about my mother's systems and her incredible productivity and work ethic. Today is her birthday, and if she were with us today, she would be 91 years old. She's been gone since 2007, but her influence is still strongly felt in my family and in our community. If I could use a single word to describe her, I would say industry. Ephesians 4:28b says be industrious earning an honest living and then you'll have enough to bless those in need. And that's the passion translation. The NIV says work doing something useful with your own hands. Mom's industry was our home. She never finished high school, quitting before her junior year to go to Cincinnati for work. Her parents had lost their home to a house fire, and as the eldest of eight children, it fell to mom to help. She loved numbers, and she said if she could have ever gone to college, she'd have become an accountant. She managed the family finances, such that they were, and she found creative ways to economize, often adding to the family coffers by selling her homegrown eggs, butter, and raw milk to neighbors. She was disciplined, practical, steady as the day is long. Each week looked much like the one before, laundry day on Tuesdays with pinto beans for supper, a hearty stew for after church on Sundays, and cornbread every single night because Daddy liked it with honey or molasses. Mom did too, savoring the crispy crust of the bread baked in a cast iron skillet. She gardened every single year, and her garden was always rife with produce. I've seen her peel naughty little apples from our orchard for days until her fingers and thumb were stained deep brown from the juice. And she'd wrap her fingers with pieces of gauze when the old hickory paring knife would nick or sometimes slice more deeply into her skin. And the faint injuries would burn as the apple juice ran over her hands. (laughs) Fried apples, apple butter, apple jelly, apple sauce, sweet apple preserves, dried apples, applesauce cobbler, and apple pies, a virtual Forrest Gump shrimp boat of possibilities. 
When she passed, my two brothers, my sister and I, had enough green beans, applesauce, pumpkin, peaches, and other canned and frozen foods to feed us for a decade. She believed in the dignity of work as unto the Lord, and she thanked him for the bounty she harvested every year. She used her industriousness as a platform for her many gifts. The food she preserved so faithfully every year was used in hospitality. She fed our family, her extended family, families in need in the community. At our annual dinner on the ground, a Memorial Day tradition in our little country church, her chicken and dumplings, made-from-scratch apple stack cake and potato salad were the first samplings to disappear. When she had an overflow of green beans in her garden, she'd ask others if they wanted to pick them. They always said no. When they didn't pick them, she would pick them and offer them again. No thanks, she was told. Not wanting to waste them, she'd then break the beans and pressure can them in sealed quart mason jars. Do you remember the Little Red Hen Golden Book? where the little red hen found a grain of wheat and did all the planting, tending, and harvesting and invited the duck, the goose, the cat, and the pig to help. The other animals always said no until the bread was baked and ready to eat. Oh, yes, they'd say, now that the little red hen had done all the work. The same with my mama's green beans, except unlike the little red hen, she gave away the finished product. She knew she was being taken advantage of, but she couldn't bear to waste all that she had been given. Better to be generous and hospitable than to be a bad steward of her resources. Their lack of personal responsibility and industry did not excuse her own. Mom was often sought out for her wisdom. She was analytical, but not cold. She was a great judge of character, and her predictions of people's behavior was usually spot on. No matter if you were family or a close friend, if you were in the wrong, she didn't give you a buy on your actions or try to justify them in any way. If we came home with a tale of injustice, someone who was mean to us, or we got in trouble at school, her first question is, what did you do? She taught personal responsibility first. Failure or injury began first with you. The blame game never gained us sympathy nor excused us from our part. To this day, when I fail or miss the mark, or when I receive criticism or rebuke, my first question is, what did I do or not do to be where I am now? Once that is honestly assessed, I can move forward with what needs to change. You might think her personal responsibility stance was harsh. It wasn't. She was not given to lots of words. She never talked just to hear herself. She measured her words, weighed them, and selected them with care. She was a truth teller, and her soft-spoken humility enabled her words to penetrate the hearts of all who came to her for wisdom. She was also funny. Quick-witted and dry, her humor would sneak up on you. She'd zing you with an insight that was wise, apt, and hilarious, all in a turn of phrase. Most people thought Daddy was the fun parent because he was affable and a cut-up in public, but privately he was generally more serious and inclined to introspection. Mom was more reserved in public, but privately more open. People respected Daddy. They loved Mom. She was industrial strength, inner strength. The year I was born, Mom and Dad moved from Cincinnati to the farm in Kentucky where I grew up, and it's still my home today. 
Before moving to Kentucky to raise their family, they both worked full-time in Cincinnati at RCA, making picture tubes for televisions. (laughs) Google it if you're under 70 years old. Every possible weekend, they traveled on old U.S. 25. This was before Interstate 75 was even built, driving some 160-plus miles to clear nearly 60 acres of farmland, camp in primitive style on the property, and build a house. I asked Mom about that decision. Wasn't it risky, I asked her, moving away from the city, from good jobs, to a small farm that likely wouldn't produce income enough for a growing family? She and Dad knew how to garden, but farming, dairy cattle, tobacco? Her answer surprised me. It was a risk, she told me, and in an unusual acknowledgement of her capabilities, she said, but I was betting on myself and your dad. We could work our way through it. Where there's a will, there's a way. With the Lord's help, I knew we would make it work. Because mom and dad were masters at self-leadership, their work ethic, risk management, and consistent activity toward their goals created the life they wanted. They wanted to raise their family close to the land and teach us how to live simply and abundantly, walking in faith. They wanted to leave their children better off than they were, and they accomplished those goals and more. Toward the end of their lives, they helped me plant a vegetable garden. I was about 38, 39 years old and still rather fit and agile. And mom, a mother of four plus three she miscarried, would have been nearly 70 and dad coming up on 77 years old. Their stamina was incredible. I was easily discouraged and more than a little whiny. This is really hard, I would say. And mom, ever direct, would retort, keep at it. She and Daddy were this whirlwind of results-producing, step-by-step, intentional activity. Pacing out the rows, planting the seeds, dropping fertilize, using the hoe to rake dirt over the hills, and chopping out weeds. Sounds a little like the little red hen, doesn't it? And I, I was standing still in the eye of the maelstrom, wondering if I could ever grow anything without them. It wasn't just work ethic, although they both had it in spades. It was self-management, self-confidence, and an unwavering faith, industrial strength. Was mom ever tired or discouraged or worried? Of course, but she didn't allow those feelings to control her. I remember a season when the cows were losing calves. Each loss would have a dramatic effect on the family economy. Mom prayed, trusted God, thanked him for her able-bodiedness and his provision, and together she and Dad buried the carcasses and moved on. They didn't have time or energy to devote to, it's not fair, or why is this happening to us? Those self-indulgent questions would only hinder their progress, their movement forward. Because of their industrial strength, they left us with a legacy of faith, integrity, mental, spiritual, and emotional fortitude, an inheritance of a debt-free family farm, additional free and clear real estate, and savings that covered mom's expenses after dad passed away, more than enough to bury them both and leave a financial provision for each of their four children. Proverbs 31 gets rolled out on Mother's Day as a tribute to the women of noble character. It's a Hebrew acrostic with corresponding letters of the alphabet, and the result is a kind of A is for adorable, B is for beautiful kind of form in the original language. It's interesting to me that the book of Proverbs begins with wisdom as a woman. 
she raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. Proverbs 1.20. Get wisdom, though it costs you all you have. Get understanding. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. Proverbs 4.7. And then the last chapter of the book ends with the qualities of the virtuous woman. Proverbs 31 woman is a woman of industry who considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard, verse 16. Her industriousness is her platform as she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy, verse 20. And her industrial strength is visible because she can laugh at the days to come and she is clothed with strength and dignity, verse 25. My mom was a woman of noble character, a captain of industry. I am so blessed to have had her as an example of what a woman can be and do. She didn't have a ton of money. She wasn't famous. She wasn't titled nor educated, nor a leader of leaders in a traditional business or enterprise. But she was wealthy in wisdom, in experience, in relationships, and influence. She used her gifts wisely and well. I pray I am even half so wise and industrious as she. Happy birthday, Mom. Leave the light on for us. We'll be along shortly. Father, thank you for your tremendous gift to me of my mother. I thank you that she knows you and taught us about you in her time on earth. Not everyone has such a mom. And honestly, Lord... I worry that I am not such a mom, failing to have her industrial strength, her worth ethic, her humility. So I pray for your Holy Spirit to show me ways I can be better. I want to grow in my faith and works, and I want the gifts you've given me to be put to good use, the way mom used all that you gave her, from her garden to her table to her generosity and wisdom. If anyone lacks wisdom, James wrote, inspired by the Holy Spirit, let them ask of God, who gives generously. Lord, I'm asking. Say hello to mom for me and give her a hug. Tell her I love her, would you? I love you too, and I praise and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm working on a new online course called Spiritual Leverage, Taking God as Your Business Partner Without Being Smarmy, Hyper-Religious, or Superficial. I'm more and more skeptical of social media ads that promise mass monthly incomes, little to no work, and the idea that God's blessings will flow automatically if you just invoke His name or manifest His promises. His economy is so much, pardon the pun, richer than that. We'll explore the relationship that matters, God's promises and His kingdom, definitions of words like wealth, prosperity, success, and more. What's required from you? Spiritual barriers to your success, what beliefs got to do with it, and where do we go from here? If you're interested in the course, get on the waiting list for its release later this year. That's talkandpray.us slash spiritual-leverage. That's dash not spelled out, it's just a dash. 
<laughs> and as always, the links will be in the show notes. And if you are on our podcast email list, the Spiritual Leverage course link will also be in there. Sign up to get the podcast and newsletter delivered to your inbox at talkandpray.us slash podcast. And if you have the time, leave a rating and review. Your feedback is important to me, and I'd love to hear if the words I share are impacting you positively or hopefully not negatively. Thank you again for being with me at Talk and Pray. Thank you for listening to Talk and Pray for Life and Business. To learn more about the podcast and to get today's transcript, notes, and other content, go to talkandpray.us podcast. Join me every Tuesday for more Talk and Pray. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave a positive review if you'd like to hear more content like this. This Talk and Pray podcast is sponsored by Talk and Pray for Life and Business, faith-based personal development courses and coaching. Music is In the Field by Audionautics.com. Look for Talk and Pray on Facebook and Instagram.